and welcome back to Strong Style Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Paul Martinez, and of course, we're back this week with Lucha Underground. And also, uh, we're going to do a little something before that. We're going to talk about the road to new beginning from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Usually, I don't do these type of, they're really more like house shows than anything. And I usually don't review these, but I am reviewing this one. It was took place on January 30th, 2016, because it is the final match of Shinsuke Nakamura before he heads on to the WWE. Um, I have heard that he has already been booked for WrestleMania weekend to appear on the NXT show in Texas against Sami Zayn. Uh, so that's coming up over there in uh, WrestleMania weekend. But uh, apparently this is, you know, that'll be the next time you see him after this show. So we won't see him for all that time. Um, probably uh, taking some well-deserved uh, time off. I know he was a little banged up uh, during the G1. And that's probably uh, still a little aches and pains. He's going to get nice and rested and ready. And... uh probably go over some things with WWE management as far as his direction and if they're giving him a new name, a new outfit, what have you. So I'm sure that's what's going to be going on in that time. But this was his farewell match for New Japan. And we're going to talk about that match. Uh, we're going to go over the card really quickly. Like I said, this is really pretty much just a house show. Um, these Road 2, the pay-per-view shows are really much like house shows. Um, not too much usually happens. But uh, we'll go over it really quickly. The opening match... David Finley Jr. versus Harai Kawato. Now, Kawato is the new young boy. I'm hoping that means that Sho Tanaka has been sent somewhere to uh, proceed on his next level before being brought back to the main roster. Usually, that's what happens when you graduate from being a young boy. You're usually sent somewhere to work, Mexico or uh, some independence in America for a while before you uh, make your return to the New Japan main roster. Like we saw with Watanabe, who's now evil. Uh, that's how that worked out for him. So I'm hoping that means Sho Tanaka is on that same path. I'm not sure where he is. Um, possibly in Noah, but I'm not positive. I have to try to find out where he's wrestling now. But uh, I'm really hoping that this means uh, we'll soon see him back uh, with a persona. As for Kawato, he is sound. Still needs to develop a bit of his frame a bit. He, um, you know, is still... Not very well-developed muscular, you know, as far as muscles go, but he's in good shape, of course. I'm kind of surprised that uh, nobody in WWE has come calling for Finlay. This guy's oozing potential. I really like, he shows a lot of attitude and charisma in the ring. He's got natural heel ability. For his forward match, he wins it with a Boston Crab. Two-star match. Uh, like I said, quite a sound, but it was... uh. I don't want to call it a squash, but, you know, it was Finley's match pretty much the whole way. Our next match, Jay White versus Yoshihashi. I like both these guys, uh, but there's something about White. I don't know. I, I want to use the word intrigues. I'm not really sure what it is about White. Um, he's really a good worker. It's something about him I feel is missing. Um, I definitely think he needs to ditch the Mohawk. It's a little hard to take him serious with that thing. He has very good knowledge, though, of submission holds, and he shows a lot of them in a nice sequence. 
But Yoshihashi, who's, you know, above him right now on the roster, he wins it with a power bomb into a double leg cradle with a bridge. Uh, quick, decent bout, two stars. Then we get Yuji Nagata, Marubo Nakanishi, and Tiger Mask versus Ten Koji and Jushin Thunder Liger. Six man action in the veteran division, as I call them now. Um, Nakanishi wrestled a lot in this match. And he was bad. You know, but not as bad as usual, you know. He, um, he he wrestled a little better than usual. He's usually really bad. He was bad, but not horrible. Um, in the end, though, he falls to a lariato courtesy of Shatoshi Kojima. Uh, one and a half stars. Uh, again, I just can't get into these guys. It's bad when you're looking at all these guys, and the oldest guy in the ring is probably Jushin Thunder Liger, and he's most probably the best worker of the six. Our next match, Takahashi and Fale, uh, big, you know, bad luck Fale, versus Kazushi Sakuraba and Toriano of Chaos. <sighs> kind of tired of these tag matches with Yano versus Fale. Really need to see Fale beat his ass already. Uh, as for the match, it was an okay affair. I noticed no Bullet Club music or logos anywhere on the Outfits of Takahashi and Fale. I'm wondering if this uh, Bullet Club has been dissolved. Um, in the end, it's Yano, though, who gets low blowed for once by Nujiro. Fale hits the grenade for the win. Not much of a match. One and a half stars, although I was happy to finally see Fale uh, put Yano away. This sets up that six-man match at the pay-per-view. Um, our next match... Uh, well, actually, before we get to the next match, we had it before intermission was a Nakamura press conference in Japanese, so I don't know exactly what was said, but at times he looked very uncomfortable and a little saddened. Uh, look, I'm not happy about this, but I don't blame him. It's a great opportunity for money and to spread his name across the world, and I wish him the best. Uh, Muto, Liger, Chono, Sasaki have all made U.S. excursions at some point in their career and all returned. So, I look at this as I eagerly await the return of Nakamura-san. After uh, that little video, we get a uh, quick intermission and back to the action as Los Ingobernables, Naito, Ibu, and Bushi, taking on Ruski Taguchi, Captain New Japan, and the uh, junior champion Kushida. Uh... Captain of Japan is here, so you pretty much know who's getting pinned. Los Ingobernables is really dominating the match. Kushida does get a hot tag, and he runs wild for a spell, but Captain of Japan gets in. The match gets wild, but Evil winds up beating him with an STO. Two and a half stars, best match of the night, actually, uh, at this point. After they attack Kushida, as Bushi cuts a promo while holding Kushida's belt. Of course, they'll be facing off for that title at uh, the pay-per-view. Our next match is Makabe and Hanma. They are the tag team champions. Teaming up with Juice Robinson and Michael Elgin versus Kenny Omega, Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, or Doc Gallows. I always make that mistake. And Cody Hall. Um, again, didn't really notice outside of Gallows. Didn't notice anybody with the Bullet Club logo on their gear. Although they did have a video on the screen when it came out, which did show the Bullet Club logo, but did not play 
their usual theme. So again, I'm wondering if this is it for the Bullet Club. Um, Elgin doing his thing early. And I was wondering if he could be the mystery opponent for Omega at this point. We will find out a little later tonight who that mystery opponent is. Um, Cody is really improving. Amazing how that seems to be the case for like anyone who works here in New Japan. Um, after some great action, Omega pins uh, Juice after a sick running knee smash. Three stars. It was a fun match. Then we see an outstanding standing video for Nakamura some really great stuff kind of highlights of his career and you know a little bit of old, you know voiceover I guess again it's in Japanese I'm just guessing about his time here in New Japan and what he's achieved and what have you and then we get to the main event it's Goto Shibata and Hiroshi Tanahashi versus uh, Tomohiro Ishii Kazusuka Okada and Shinsuke Nakamura uh, Tanahashi, by the way, is still wrestling with a separated shoulder. That's crazy. Nakamura comes out last to a hero's welcome. Before the match begins, I saw an expression on Nakamura's face I never saw before. Almost like for the first time, this all became real. Um, it was really powerful. If you've seen the match, uh, just watch and the camera shows them before they start to mix it up and you'll see it. And not his usual cocky, charismatic, uh, you know, look on his face. He had a look of, you know, real seriousness and inner thought type of look. And again, it just really took me back seeing him like that. Um, fans wanted to see Nakamura and Tana one more time, but Goto wants Okada. The crowd boos. But this is a good way, I thought, to let the anticipation build for Nakamura getting in the ring. After we uh, get going for a while, then finally we do get my two favorite wrestlers, Tanahashi and Nakamura, in the ring. They mix it up for a little while uh, before uh, I think Shibata comes in and he starts working with Nakamura for a while. By the way, man, Goto is just not like her. He's being booed very loudly anytime he's in the ring. The match goes on. Shibata looks like he has this one, but uh, he goes for that penalty kick. But while he hits the ropes, he gets caught with an Okada drop kick, then a Bomaye from Nakamura. Then a brain buster by Ishii. One, two, three. It is over. Three and a half stars. Very good match. Really, everybody got the shine in here. It just wasn't a this is all about Nakamura thing. They all got their licks in. And it was very, very good fun match. Uh, after the match, Kenny Omega comes out. He cuts a promo. That Nakamura, the truth is that he's leaving because he's scared and doesn't want to face him. Tanahashi steps in between them, interrupts, and says that... Uh, Guess what? He is the mystery opponent for the pay-per-view. So uh, Tana will face o Omega for the Intercontinental title. I thought all along Omega would win this. I'm starting to think Tanahashi might now, though. We'll have to see. Hopefully it's a good match. Omega's really been on fire this last year, so I expect it to be a good match. Uh, after that's all done with, Nakamura cuts an emotional promo. He does a lap around the ring. He enters the ring to be hugged by always came up chaos teammates who have come out now. Okada is visibly crying, which is quite a visual. Um, you know, this is his mentor, and in Japan, that's a powerful bond. Um, then an openly weeping Nakamura gathers himself for one final catchphrase, and off he goes to become a sports entertainer. Good luck, Shinsuke. New, Ju uh, New Japan is not going to be the same without you. All right, 
And that's our show. We will be back to talk about the new beginning pay-per-view when that uh, happens. Um, but now let's move on to the main event of tonight's show, which is Lucha Underground, episode 202. And, you know, here's another reason why I just love Lucha Underground and how I continue to tell people this is not a wrestling show. It is a TV show about wrestling. And here's another reason to prove that is that the episodes are being titled now. This episode was titled The Dark and the Mysterious. So, you know, like I said, you know, TV shows get titles for their episodes. And that's what's happening here. As I keep telling people, I've argued with people a hundred times. This is not a wrestling promotion. You does not run by the same rules as a wrestling promotion. It's a TV show. It's a drama. You have to look at it that way. Like Game of Thrones, Walking Dead, uh, How to Get Away with Murder. Um, I'm trying to think of shows that people watch. Empire. Um, you know, all those shows. Friends. You know, all those shows had, you know, titles to episodes. And Lucha Underground is no different now. So uh, that's, I thought that's cool. All right. So the show opens with uh, Prince Puma working out somewhere in the catacombs of the temple. As he's working out, he is haunted by visions of his defeat at the hands of Mil Muertes. In walks Pentagon with a cooler mask. He thanks Puma for his help last week and how he is able to please his master by breaking some bones. Tonight, they must team up against the disciples of death. And after, the bones he's going to break will be his, meaning Puma. Puma calmly puts down the dumbbells and then goes right after Pentagon. They do a quick little battle, but it's Puma gets the better of it as he puts Pentagon up against the wall and growls at him, then just walks away. So a couple of questions I had here at this segment, which was a very good segment. Um, they all are really in Lucha Underground. But Pentagon is referring to a master is it vampiro or a new master also puma seems to be a more aggressive character i wonder where this is going if anywhere and where's conan last we saw he was thrown into a casket and never seen again um no mention of him at all so is conan returning um i'd like to know something uh what's going on with the man okay we go to Stryker and Vampiro inside. Stryker puts Vampiro on the spot by asking him if Pentagon's actions last week came from him. Vampiro was annoyed by the accusation. Then Matt comments that Pentagon's path to the title was maybe dark and not the way some would do it. Again, Vampiro was annoyed. Takes the side of Pentagon Jr. here. Uh, and seems to be very agitated with Stryker and anything that... Uh, You'll see it's like a common thing throughout the episode. Anytime Striker even brings up the name Pentagon, uh, Vampiro seems to get very agitated. Uh, by the way, we see during this, Mill is sitting on the throne with his arm in a sling, looking down on the action. We go up to my wife, my future wife. <laughs> I wish she was my wife, but she is my future wife, Melissa Santos, as she introduces our first match. Johnny Mundo versus Killshot. Uh, Killshot putting his amazing agility on display early on here. Uh, Mundo, though, later hits the C4, which is a standing Spanish fly. Killshot hits some sort of 
Jumping DDT with Mundo hung up on the ropes, which looked really fantastic. Nails a 450 splash, and it's 1-2, no. Johnny barely kicks out. Uh, Mundo then later on with the ref down hits uh, this uh, extravagant, I guess is the word, low blow. Kind of picks him up and throws him over his head. And as Kilshock lands behind him, Johnny Mule kicks him uh, in the nads. So uh, uh, it's a bit innovative, I'll say that. Killshot, um, of course, goes down from that. Mundo then hits a springboard roundhouse. Drags him to the corner, finishes him off with La Fin de Mundo. Uh, two and a half stars. Good match. Killshot looked much better than the last time I saw him last season. Uh, after Johnny cuts a promo on Mill, looking right up at him, saying, you know, that little earthquake from when he was a kid is nothing compared to what the end of the world's gonna feel like when he hits him with it. Then he's interrupted by Cade. Cage cuts a promo on uh, Mill, saying that he won't break his arm, he'll break him in half. They're all talking trash to the monster Mill Muertes. I think uh, Pentagon breaking his arm gave everybody a little bit of confidence now. Uh, Mill, to his credit, just stands, sits there, sits there, in his throne, just staring everybody down without making any real movement, sound, or anything. Uh, as this is going on, Mundo now and Cage start to go back and forth. They wind up face-to-face in the ring, but Mundo backs off and leaves the ring. Cage then poses as, at uh, Muertes as Johnny attacks from behind, but Cage fights him off as Mundo escapes the ring. Interesting segment here. Um, obviously, they're setting up for a Mundo Cage, probably number one contender type of deal of some sort, where this looks like it's going. Don't know is Cage is turning face or not, but he was getting quite a lot of cheers from the crowd while Mundo was cheered um, a lot but uh, during the course of that match the crowd kind of turned on him a little and in this instance they really made him look like to be the chicken shit heel in this situation so we might be seeing Cage as a face this season well we'll keep track of that one next we see Sexy Star who was still being held captive by Marty the Moth he rambles some nonsense about a butterfly um, he then says his sister said it's time for her to go back to the temple, but he's coming too. I couldn't tell from the weird lighting in this segment if it was dirt or bruises that were covering Sexy Star's body. Um, thinking it was dirt though, I'm hoping it's not bruises. Um, really, as we'll talk about, you know, I'm sure throughout the season, I'm not a big fan of the man or woman violence. And then just to insinuate, that she's being beaten by a man by bruises over her body. I don't know. Just, I just think this is a fantastic show. And they're worrying about getting sponsors. And they're worrying about getting maybe other television deals. Maybe if you cut out the violence against women aspect. You might be able to get those. That's kind of a turn off for producers. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Next, we get a PJ Black video package talking about him being the darewolf and uh, he fears nothing. He's riding a motorcycle and two masked motorcycle men attack him. Of course, he beats them up. So, mm, he fears nothing. Isn't that Pentagon's gimmick? I'm not sure I like that. I like PJ Black and, uh, you know, he's got a good look and um, I'm sure he'll be fine here in Lucha Underground, but I wasn't 
too thrilled with the him fearing nothing tagline. Uh, like to see him come up with something a little more original. We'll see his first match next as the Mac is back. He's facing PJ Black. Mac Black, they're all back. <laughs> Definitely, uh, and if you saw the, the show, uh, at one point, Stryker almost messes up his words. And uh, Vampiro tells him, just refer to him as Darewolf, man, before you get yourself in trouble. I found that a little bit of an amusing uh, uh, little uh, comment from Vampiro. Uh, the match has a lot of kicks. They're both landing a lot of kicks. Mac winds up hitting a standing moonsault for a near fall. Uh, PJ hits Black to the Future for a two count. He goes for some sort of springboard move but gets caught midair with a stunner. One, two, three. Mac wins in what I would call an upset. Three stars. Um, I'm happy. I like Willie Mac. Um, I'm glad he got a win here. I kind of thought last year they were punking him out a little bit too much. So I was happy to see him get a win here. And PJ looked really strong in this match. And as we know from last season, getting beat in Lucha Underground does not uh, kill your character. Uh, you could lose and still come back strong. So I thought it was a good idea because I really think uh, PJ Black winning would have hurt Mac more than Mac beating PJ Black at this point. We then get a video package for Cobra Moon. Beautiful and deadly is kind of what they're going for here. Looks like she may be a heel. We'll have to see. It looks like she was like maybe some sort of jewel thief uh, theme going on here in the video. Um, by the way, this is not Melissa Anderson, as I'm hearing people say. Um, this is actually Thunder Rose, who is uh, a Mexican luchadora, who will be playing the character of Cobra Moon, not Melissa Anderson. Uh, next up, we get our main event. It's the Disciples of Death. Versus Pentagon and Prince Puma. Three on two match. Of course, Disciples of Death are the Lucha Underground Trio's champions. Uh, Puma and Pentagon are not on the same page at all here. And of course, that hurts them as the Disciples are controlling the match. It really does beating down Puma and Pentagon at first. And Pentagon gets out the ring and that does, you know, really does wearing down Puma. Um, Pentagon finally gets, uh, Comes, he doesn't get the hot tag, but he just comes in the ring anyway and starts to run wild a bit. They battle a bit more, and uh, Puma winds up hitting a 6.30. I believe it was on Trece, I'm not sure. And uh, But as soon as he connects, Pentagon slides in and covers for the three count. Eh, two stars. Um, there's a lot of moves, but there was really no flow to the action, no story told. I guess if you want to say there's a story, the story was that Puma and Pentagon don't get along, but um, I don't know. The match just didn't have any flow to it. I didn't enjoy the match itself. Um, after it, Puma and Pentagon start to argue. Puma turns his back. He's attacked by Pentagon. Pentagon Jr. goes for that arm breaker move, but Puma's able to escape as the credits roll. Uh, Striker and uh, Vampiro talk about how no one's ever seemed to be able to get out of that hole before. So Puma's the first. Uh, after the credits roll, we switch to a dark room where the hooded figure from Caesar 1 is there. Someone is telling him that the deceased Dragon Azteca was his mentor too. This voice is saying it was supposed to be his legacy, but he chose a different path. So now, he is the new Dragon Azteca. The hooded man pulls down that hood to reveal that he is wearing the Dragon Azteca mask. And the voice moves into the light 
and we see and actually it was pretty obvious from his voice before he even saw his face who was talking but for those who didn't recognize his voice it was Ray Mysterio Jr. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people pop for that. Um, it was an okay segment. Um, you know, it was done well. Um, no Dario on this show, which, uh, makes me sad. <laughs> but, uh, overall, even without Dario, it didn't matter. This was not as good a show as week one, but it was still a fun watch. I'm still wondering by quite a few guys, uh, you know, Drago, Aerostar, Chavo, Blue Demon, The Crew, Jack Evans, Big Rick. Um, who else are we missing? Davari, uh, Bengala, Tejano. Where's Tejano? Um, Tejano, I thought was, uh, uh, gonna be a bigger part of the show this year. Again, I haven't read spoilers for, I know he's not on the show at all. I just got the feeling after last season he'd be a bigger part this year. So, I mean, there's quite a few guys from last season we haven't heard about. Um, I'm sure probably some of them aren't returning, and hopefully some are, and, uh, I can't wait to see who is and who's not. But uh, that's our show. Um, like I said, no Dario, but a good show. Good watch. The match to watch on this was definitely uh, the Mac versus PJ Black. That was a really good shot. Mundo versus Kill Shot, also very good. But, you know, I think um, the segments were always good, but not as great as usual. Probably the first segment to open the show was the best one. Uh, with Pentagon and Puma. But there's a lot of questions here. A lot of stuff. The Vampiro stuff is very intriguing right now. They are really going out of their way. To make it look like Vampiro is still evil. And is still the master. Which makes me. Just because I've been a wrestling fan for way too long. Always makes me think there's a swerve coming. Um, usually I'm pretty, fairly good to see these things coming. Like I saw the whole Vampiro swerve coming. As him being the master, if you guys remember, I saw that way before it was revealed. So, you know, let's see. Uh, I, I'm not so sure that this master that Pentagon Jr. is talking about is Vampiro this time. But he may have a new master. So we'll we'll keep eyes on that. But uh, that's our show. Um, thank you guys for coming back and listening. As always, I love Lucha Underground. So I'm going to be here every week talking about it. Um and, of course, when there's some stuff going on with New Japan that's interesting, like this week, we will talk about that, too. Of course, we'll also review pay-per-views. We're going to review the New Beginning show when that comes up. So, lots of stuff for Strong Star Wrestling Podcast to keep you guys busy. As always, any questions, any comments, leave them wherever you get the show from. And until next time, which will hopefully be in about seven days, bye-bye.